Fuck, I don't like sobriety. This is gonna get weird. GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we don't let Zyber ever use our bathrooms because he pulls a D. <laughs> and I can see him already smiling now. How you doing, Zyber? Much better. Much, much better. Yeah, and feel, it does feel, smell better in here. Just want to clarify, it does smell better. It's amazing what a half gallon of Febreze will do. Febreze, fuck that shit. I used a half thing of poopery all over the house. <laughs> See, Cecil's really really sitting there talking shit, man, and uh, I do believe that we were playing a game yesterday, and you were yelling at the wife. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, but that there was a there was a big difference though. She she shit the bed right next to me, like within five feet of me, and I had to taste that. Now she cleared me out of the room, man, like physically out of the room. It, it was bad. Yeah, he was gagging. I, I Yeah, I, I was gagging. And the worst part is, is that I'm gagging, so she's laughing at me gagging, and it's making her fart more. And it's, it's oh, it was horrid. It was just so bad. Anyways, you heard him there. That's, there's Damoc joining us tonight. Damoc, how you feeling, man? Damoc is here! Uh, I'm good, dude. It's, it's, it's going to be a good goddamn night. Very nice. And we got D playing with his nose over there. How you feeling, D? Uh, better recovering still from being sick as a dog. So, man, I got to get you to have that mic, you know, within a, you know, like a foot of your face versus being like six feet away above your monitor. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. Uh, I've had a hell of a week, and uh, and sure enough, I friggin' twisted my wrist while I was helping my parents get uh, their baggage into the car. Lies. So I have to friggin' no, no, no. Lies. It was all Pornhub. First off, that would be this hand. And as you can see, that hand is fine. This hand, however, this hand hurts because I was trying to wrench stuff into the back of a friggin' Wait a second. I thought you were a righty. See, here's the thing. Here's the truth. He was trying to do the stranger. And, well, you know, not being used to using that hand... He kind of like twisted it the wrong way and was like, oh, shit, that actually hurt. All righty, all righty. I'll, I'll admit it. I actually read that if you stick a couple fingers up the bum while you're about to nut, that it'll, you know, it'll feel better. It'll feel, feel you know, even more climactical. And, uh, well, the sphincter just wrapped around those fingers so tight and I twisted and just, you know, t- wrenched my wrist right out. It doesn't help that I was running a triathlon at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> Well, let's get into the most important part. What is everybody partaking in? Gentlemen, let's go around the room. Zyber, what are you partaking in, man? I am drinking a uh, New Belgium uh, Juicifer. Yeah, so pretty basic. Oh, wait a minute. Juicifer as in like Lucifer, but Juicifer? Yeah, it's like uh, if you took a Jew and Lucifer... Ground them up together, 
You get a Jucifer. Or Shadow's wife. That too. She <laughs> takes Shadow away from us. She does. I'm she her. She doesn't let him play. What about you, Damoc? What are you partaking in, man? Ah, so I decided to mix it up a little bit. I have some Market Pantry Tonic Water. Um, it's pretty good. It's low sodium. It says it right on the bottle. I don't know how low sodium it actually is. I failed to read the instructions. I have a... Man, you spent a lot on that. Yeah, I didn't buy it, too. The girlfriend did. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking buy this shit. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I have this wonderful glass right here, right, with a little piece of lime in it, or lemon. I don't know what it is, but the girlfriend cut it up for me, and it's amazing. And then... Well, she says lime, if you didn't hear her. Um, and then I have Plymouth Gin, because I wanted to try a new gin, and it's fucking good. I don't know what to say about it, but beef leather, leather, it's not leather, but the, the beef eater. Yeah, that one, it's okay, but it's got too much of a bite. I don't like it. And then Bombay Sapphire is, of course, my go-to, but it still has a bit to it. This Plymouth Gin... Oh, it's my new favorite. I'm super fucking excited. I uh, I gotta ask, have you ever tried uh, Tomcat gin? No, because I've never really been a gin and tonic person until I went with Cecil to that retreat for like four days. And while they were all at the pool and having a good time and splashing around and all, you know, wonderful times and everything, I actually sat at the bar and just ordered a regular beer and uh, there was a really nice elderly black gentleman next to me and he was drinking gin and tonic. We got into a really good conversation about it. He told me I needed to try it and expand my horizons and so I decided to start trying gin and tonics. Not the first time. I really didn't like it the first couple times and I kind of enjoyed it after that. Now I think I found my gin and I'm just going to go with it. Plymouth, but the next one, they make two versions. I have the regular one. Unfortunately, the Navy version of the Plymouth, which has a much higher ABV by like 6 or 7% or so. I could be wrong. Uh, that was not available to me, but it's still good. I uh, I recommend uh, trying that Tomcat gin, man. I think you'll be impressed. All right. Well, then I'll try again. Next time I'm over in England, I will pick you up a bottle of that same gin I got David. Supposedly, oh. it was really good. He loved it and went through that bottle so fast. Yeah, that was made. That was made actually in Weymouth. Like it was a distillery in Weymouth that I got that from. It's pretty cool. So I have a question for you since we're just going to quickly shift gears over to this because you were over last weekend and you got a chance to try some of that Methuselah rum. Yes, I did. What did you think of it? So if you know me, I'm not a big rum drinker. I, I drank way too much Captain Morgan when I was in the army and Captain Morgan and Keystone and it was really bad and my stomach just doesn't handle rum all that well. So I poured half a glass. A little less than half a glass and just drank it straight. And it was half warm. a pint glass. Yeah, yeah, half a pint glass. Because who the fuck drinks out of small glasses unless you have a bottle of gin sitting next to you like I do? Anyways, half a pint glass. I gotta say, it was really, really smooth. It was really flavorful. I'm terrible at saying what flavors are because my taste buds are kind of fucked to begin with from a long time. But uh, if I was gonna buy a rum. It's Pirate 
and Methuselah all the way. I would choose Methuselah if I had the extra cash to burn. Uh, I, really good, really smooth. Absolutely enjoyed it. It did still upset my stomach, though, sadly. But all rum upsets my stomach because it goes back to Captain Morgan. Oh, yeah. The Methuselah is nice, but it that 23-year was a bit expensive, but it's still worth it. I think... Maybe in a few weeks I'll pick up another bottle just to have it hanging out, but then you know, I'll enjoy it a little bit more instead of drinking three-fourths of a bottle in, <laughs> in two days. No, see, that was kind of a waste on your part, man. I know oh, it's yeah. really good rum, but that's one I could pour another you know, half a pint and then sip on the entire time that we play a game. Yeah, it, it was really good, but it, that's the problem is that it was so good and so smooth. I just kept drinking, and then once I did, like, the little splash of coconut just to give it, like, just a little different flavor, like, it was all over. I thought you hated coconut. No, coke in it. Oh, deaf. Yeah, I mean, dude, I live this close to Petersburg. I can get coke anywhere. What about you? Well, actually, you're going to be lame, but what about you, D? Fucking water, because I'm on a bunch of medication, so... Is it at least Deer Park? <laughs> no, it's fucking tap water. God damn it, dude. <laughs> I was hoping that Cecil was going to do it, but he didn't, because I left a bottle of Deer Park in his fridge. So, I saw that, and I almost pulled it out tonight. I saw it, I put it right... So, I put the deer, I put the Dark Hollow in the freezer to let it... Uh, well, that's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking some Dark Hollow. Um, so I put the dark hollow in the freezer to get it cooled quicker, and then I took it and I put it on the top uh, shelf of the fridge, and I put it right next to that deer park, and I went, huh, should I should I just not drink tonight? Should I just... No, no, I got a dark hollow for a reason. I'm going to drink the dark hollow. So that's what I'm drinking. I, uh, I picked up my parents from the airport, drove them back down here, but on the way I stopped by, picked up a couple of dark hollows. So I had one in the freezer chilling out, and I got one in the fridge just, you know chilling while i'm here so depending on how long it takes me to get through this dark hollow is how is if i'm going to go to that second one and if you haven't had dark hollow dark hollow is fantastic you can buy it in smaller bottles but go for the big um i don't even know what the hell this is this is a uh one pint 9.4 fluid ounces uh it's great it's a it's an imperial stout aged in oak bourbon barrels and it's just it's phenomenal if you like beers that have a lot of flavor a lot of body, just a lot to it. This is the beer for you. If you're one of those people who really don't like their beers to be kind of, kind of thick and and have meat on the bone type of beer, then this is not for you. Uh, it's got a great, great flavor. You can really taste that bourbony, oaky flavors in it. Uh, it's got a very, very stout finish, which I love because I love stouts. And honestly, it gets me off of IPA since I'm always on an IPA kick. So. I blame Damon for this because he told me about it. Absolutely. In my house, we don't call it Dark Hollow. We have not called it Dark Hollow in several years. It is called Old Faithful mm-hmm. because it is always the same taste across the board. It's always dependable. It is the beer of choice in this household if you're going to do a dark stout that's bourbon aged. Yeah, this is real nice. There, I've had some other bourbon barrel stouts, but Dark Hollow is probably still on the top of that uh, that list. And it sounds like very consistent. Yeah, honestly, like I know I've known beers like even Dogfish Head, 
which I love Dogfish Head. They're 90 minutes. I can get one batch one year, and it tastes completely different than the next batch the next year. Um, Now, that's a rarity where it'll have a stark difference, but I have had it where there's been a difference in flavor. Uh, One batch of the Imperial 90-minute IPA I got was almost sickly sweet, and I just went, wow, they must have changed something. Then I got a couple months later, I got another six-pack of it, and it was back to the exact flavor I was expecting. But remember... um... When you when you really got first got a dogfish head, you suggested I try it. I you know I should really like it, and then I tried dogfish head, and I told you it's terrible. I couldn't stand it, and now I drank it. Like, I think I got a bad batch, either bad yeah. batch or the store had it and let it skunk. Because I drank it since you know I started back up again, and I have not met a dogfish head I didn't like since I started redrinking it. Exactly. Yeah. Like I I got started on dogfish head with their Indian brown ale. I forget. Uh, no, sorry. I got started on Dogfish Head at uh, Brattleboro, Vermont. They were doing a Dogfish Head, like, whatever event there in the hotel I was in. I got to try the 1690 and 120-minute IPA. I got hooked right away. And then after I tried those, I found the Indian Brown Ale. And that Indian Brown Ale became... Like my beer of choice for probably a good year and a half. I would go down to the factory. They had Indian Brown on bottle there. I am pretty confident they kept Indian Brown on bottle there because I kept showing up and asking for it. Because I would go down there at least three times a week, get one or two Indian Browns, order one of their laborers, and like just sit down for an hour and plow down beers. It's great. Next segment. State of Games. State of Games is where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week, or we just pontificate about how we feel games are in general. So why don't we roll that back around. D, what is your State of Games, man? I have been playing, uh, I didn't play a lot of games since I was sick. I pretty much slept. But what I have been playing on the Switch, while kicking back in bed, was a lot of Octopath Traveler. Now, that, that RPG from Square Enix on the Switch, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Individually, the stories are pretty solid. Um, Meeting up the characters feels a little forced. You know, it, it felt kind of like, oh, just there they are. Now now we're suddenly a party. Kind of like a bad DM in D&D. You're all at a tavern. Oh, you suddenly trust one another. So it, it, it's they're a little not good on the transitions, you know, but once you get going, I mean, the individual storylines are really good. They just don't all... Meeting the characters doesn't mesh as well as it should, I think, but... Overall, I love the game. I like the uh, battle system and everything else. So I've been playing a lot of that um, and kind of drooling over you know, some of the games that are going to be coming out shortly. Do you remember the game Seven Saga? Yes. Like, I always thought that how you met other characters in that game just felt like it was shoehorned in. It never felt natural. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Same kind of a feel. Uh, anything else, or is, is that your state of games? Pretty much, I'm just waiting for some of the upcoming ones. You know, Pokemon Sword and Shield later this year. Um, of course, the uh, the uh, Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening, the Game Boy remake, which is one of my favorite Zelda games. And the port of uh, Dragon Quest XI on the Switch. Uh, they added a few things to the Switch that the other ones didn't have, including a 16-bit um, mode that'll turn it back to the older graphics. Like the uh, SNES graphics. Oh, nice. So it's, it's uh, even though I have it on PS4, I haven't started it, so I'm going to get it for the Switch as well and just see what the differences are, because I know they put in a bunch of extra stuff for the Switch. 
All right, what about you, Daymok? What's your state of games there, man? Let's see. Last week it was RimWorld. Before that it was RimWorld. Before that it was RimWorld. And I think before that it was also RimWorld. So this week I've been playing Circle Empires. So <laughs> I was expecting RimWorld. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's been a, a very long week. Kids are back. They started school. They're doing all that stuff. And... Uh, you know, Microbrew kind of screwed me up here because the young one got her hands on that uh, <laughs> that wonderful gift, and I haven't seen it since. So she's been playing the crap out of that, but I haven't had a chance to play any more Final Fantasy on it. Uh, I've been playing Circle Empires. It just released recently on Steam. It's fun. It's dumb, but it's fun. And... Yeah, I hope next week goes easier than this week, and I get to go back to RimWorld. Hey, 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 Daymok, if you were a freelance, you know, doing the articles for it, and you had to write a, uh, how to write an article for RimWorld, would that be a Rim job? Oh boy, we can get into Rim jobs all day long because if I lick it, I stick it, and I definitely eat ass. <laughs> Remember Rim Job Mob? No, I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> at all whatsoever. <laughs> Oh Christ! So, so she is the little one playing Final Fantasy Four? No, she's playing that fighting game, and I don't even know the name of it, but it's that crazy Japanese fighting game thing. And I tried to play it and got my ass handed to me, and she got into it and started rocking it. Was that a Samurai Showdown one? Uh, let me find out. <laughs> what about you, Zyber? What's your state of games there, man? Ah, uh, let's see. Um. Last week, it was not RimWorld. The week before that, it was not RimWorld. And I believe before that, it was actually RimWorld. Um, but this week, uh, well, I've been about, you know, shaft to balls deep in uh, Conan Exiles. Oh, yeah. Um, on the uh, GNA server, which we, uh, we would like you know, people to join us on. Um, it's kind of lonely there playing with just uh, Cecil and I. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, I jumped back into Pokemon Go because, you know, I heard Cecil was back in it and we're finally best friends. It took us a long time. Yeah, it only took us forever. Um, let's see, I've been playing uh, Evil Dead uh um hail to the king or whatever it is i can't fucking think right now hail to the king baby yeah yeah um played a little bit of uh time stalkers uh i i've been rocking a lot of like retro stuff lately just testing out the systems that i got uh like the japanese version of uh wario world which is actually pretty fun. I don't remember ever playing that game back when it came out for us, but jumping it into it and it's all in Japanese is fun. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but get the job done. Very nice. So, Daymok, what was the name of that game? Uh, Battle Arena Toshiden. Toshiden something. It's fun. Toshinden. I put it in the chat. I don't know how to pronounce it. T-O-S-H-I-N. Toshinden. Yeah, Toshinden. Toshinden. 
yeah, so the 10-year-old's been playing the crap out of that game, uh, you know, aside from Roblox, when we don't let her play Roblox. But, yeah, so it's that game in Roblox. <laughs> so I just looked around the room, and, and I don't know why it's just struck me as funny right now, but we're all sitting in OP seats. <laughs> um, well, yes, yes, we are. I just thought it was funny. I don't know why. We're all in different colors, too. No, I think you and I got red. Dave, yeah, got orange. I'm orange. Oh, you're orange? Oh, okay, because it looked red. I mean, mine's so it looks like red, red, orange, blue, and green. So, so wait, I actually have two. Wait a second. Hold on. Aren't those the same colors on that old Simon game? Red, yellow, blue, and green. Oh, red, yellow, blue, and green. You Man. fucked it up, Zyber. Should have gotten a yellow one. We could, dude, we could have been playing friggin' Simon right now. <laughs> if you put release the video of the of the um, the podcast later, you'll see us just, just duck out the way every once in a while to show a color. <laughs> Thanks, ass. I'm colorblind, so I can't play Simon. <laughs> <laughs> that is the next that's the next random box of shit we should all send a day mock, a whole box full of Simons. <laughs> but you can play a uh, memory game of remembering which lights flash. Yeah, the label is Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I did not label my Rubik's Cube. This was last year's Christmas gift, and they labeled my Rubik's Cube so that all the colors are the same thing with a little symbol on them so that I can actually do it. And yeah, I've played the shit out of it, and I can't get it back together, and I've started wearing off the symbols, and now I'm lost. Just spray paint it one color. There you go. If there were assholes like me, they would just they would do that pretty accurately, except for one letter in each color would have been off, so you never fully solve it. I'll fucking kill you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know why I don't let him near any of my electronics anymore. Oh, ask Cecil about the screws. Oh, the screws. I gave him a Commodore 64 and a screwdriver. He took out every screw he possibly could, and it wouldn't fall apart. Next thing you know, like, he's bashing the thing with a screwdriver, just pissed that it won't come apart. And then he goes, oh, I missed one. He takes the screw, turns it, like, twice, and then the whole thing explodes, and screws go everywhere. I was stepping on screws in my bedroom for probably the next two and a half, three weeks. I, he made me vacuum, and I never vacuum. Well, my state of games is pretty simple. I have been playing a ton of uh, Marvel Strike Force on my phone. I've been trying to shift off of that a little bit. There's a, a stupid game called, like, Smash Em All. It's a, it's a clicker game. Oh, God. Oh God! Damoc brings over a, a half-opened computer, and I just see—I just see D's eyes get all wide. Oh dear Lord! Um, I was actually playing some No Man's Sky. We're actually going to get into some of the improvements on No Man's Sky once we get into news. What else have I been playing? I actually haven't been playing any RimWorld this week. I've been playing a lot of the Game of Life, trying to do ethics papers, which sucks. I think that's about it. That's that about covers my state of games. Do you think we'd be better off if, if, if they actually taught ethics and business sooner in schools, <laughs> like a generation ago? Oh, I think, honestly, I think ethics should be a bachelor's degree course versus a master's. I don't know why I had to wait to master's to get it. Huh? I had business ethics in, in my uh, bachelor's degree. Like every school I've been looking at, all their curriculum, it's in the master's program, not the bachelor's program. Wow. Yeah. 
maybe it's something that they changed up as of recently, but uh, like every one that I've looked up. At least they included in the Masters. I think they didn't even do that before. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Ethics is a great course. It's uh, honestly, it's probably the the course I've learned the most about myself about, like, or at. It was because uh, they have a whole self assessment thing that you have to go through, and then as you get through the course, you have to do a secondary self assessment after you've already done like a first one, and it's really interesting to see what this what you get on the second one and compare it to the first one. Um, especially after you've kind of read through a bunch of the ethics. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting course. It's one I'm enjoying. It's just, man, I hate writing papers. Just so hate it. But yeah, I, uh, I've been, I've been dove in No Man's Sky. I've been playing some Conan Exiles. I actually have, uh, set, finally set up the server. So we got the server set up. Zyber can fire it up. So if you ask Zyber to or just post it in there, one of us should be able to fire it up for you. But, uh, yeah. That's pretty much been it. Right, next segment is news. News is where we actually go through the Discord feed and check out some of the news articles that have been posted in there. The first article out of Alcohol News is something that Damoc posted. And uh, I'm just going to read the headline for you. If you're willing to drink this subpar beer, you might get free. And I, th- I believe it says rent for a year. Um. Damoc, did you get did you get a chance to actually read the article? Uh, I read part of it until they got to what beer it was I had to drink, and then I kind of threw up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah, Miller Coors. Um, now it 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 turns out that uh, it turns out that I think that like there's a certain age frame in there because when I started digging in deeper, it wasn't like anybody could show up and just sign up for this and 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 participate it was uh it was a certain age bracket and i forget exactly what it was but yeah it's like 22 to 26 or something like that so if you're 22 to 26 and you want to drink coors and actually keystone was listed in it too so oh god yeah so keystone and coors or whatever you can do that they'll pay your rent for one year if you qualify and I was like, fuck, dude, I'm going to go and get me an expensive-ass apartment that I can just stay in and have them pay the rent for one year, but I'm too old. Nah, so it turns out, if you actually read the article, if you read further into the article, they actually tell you that they're only going to give you, like, they calculated it out, and for the average, and I quote in air, young person's apartment, they quoted, like, 12000 to 15000 a year. So it wasn't even like no. you could go get, like, a, you know, a, a $5,000 a month apartment and get paid for it. It was, like, their calculations on it. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that, them trying to put a limit on it, because jackasses like me would go out and get something fucking phenomenal for a year and be like, oh... Uh, I live in a penthouse suite in New York City and, Whew. you know, downtown... <laughs> But I mean, I was while I was reading the article, it kind of sparked me thinking: what type of data would they really be trying to get? Like, you pay somebody to drink a bunch of subpar beer. I'm not going to call it shitty. How beer. often you get the shits? Well, I mean, you can pretty much get that from just following people home from the bar. But no, I'm just I'm, I'm no, I'm just saying like those beers. If you, I, I, I choke. 
even calling them beers because I don't think they are. But those things, I don't know, they just give me the the liquids real quick from drinking them. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, drinking drinking a sh- if like if I've got a choice between drinking a lot of shitty beer or a little good beer, I'm always going to go for the little good beer because I don't care how much of that shitty beer I'm going to have. I know no. the next day I'm going to wake up and be like blasting out of my ass. Yeah, not exactly. Like if you're playing beer pong, you don't use good beer. You use shitty beer. It's normally Bud Light, though. Like, who the fuck drinks Coors except for, like, old men? Hold on. Now, when you say beer pong, describe how you play beer pong for me, please. Uh, well, first off, you have to memorize all the house rules, and there are 17 of them. There are no wrists across the table at all whatsoever, but then you can line them up and you do the standard beer pong, the beer pong shit, um, you know. And car is pause, and game on is back into the game, just like Wayne's World, because the fuck doesn't use Wayne's World rules. So give me the basic setup of the game. Uh, it's a table and a bunch of dudes standing around. Okay, and, and what configuration are things in? Well, that depends. I mean, like, if you want a fat ass, you want big tits, you want to do diamond shave, how the fuck do you want to do things? So just describe to me what is exactly on the table... And what are you are using to play beer pong? Ah, uh, well, I did it in the army, so we used a lot of hard liquor. Cause fuck you, you're gonna die anyways. But normally, it was like red solo cups overflowing with Bud Light, and they're in a diamond pattern. I don't even remember. It's like five cups in the back, then four, then three, then two, then one. Okay. Now, Zyver D, I'm gonna ask you the same question. How do you play beer pong? Uh, how we usually play is you've got um, cups like in a pyramid formation on each side of the uh, table. And you fill each of the beers with, or each each of the cups of beer. And if you get the ball in, you take it out and you, you know, the other team has to down it. So you're throwing the ball? Yes. Okay. We're throwing the little ping pong ball and trying to land it in. But uh, when we really like to play it is after... Uh, put at the end of the, the hill, and we set up like a slip and slide, we go crazing down that, drink that, and you gotta run back up. And you keep going through and you get really shit. Now that's only slide. if you have the yard to do it in, and that gets a little crazy, and that's especially when you invite the girls over and they wanna play beer pong, and then they're putting in the two-piece, and then they're doing the makeshift slip and slide with fucking plastic garbage, garbage bags, and you're just hosing it down. But yeah, damn. Plastic bags? No, we get like the the long tarps or, you know, we get that pull stuff and we put a little bit of soap in that water so it's slick as shit. Hell yeah, we do it right. All right, now I'm going to bring you guys back to 1989, the first time I ever experienced the game Beer Pong. Now, I wasn't playing myself. I was observing it. But Beer Pong, as I was understood, was when you set up two glasses or one, depending on the number of people you have playing Pong on either side. You have a glass set up per person, and you have people with ping pong paddles, and you play ping pong. If you tap their glass with the ball, they have to take a drink. If you sink the ball in their cup, they have to finish the beer. That was beer pong. This stuff that you guys keep describing is a game that I heard about in the mid-90s called Beirut. Beirut. 
No, Beirut is a little bit different from what I understand of ping pong because we had somebody that wanted to play that and it got a little more complicated than just throwing the fucking ping pong ball and, you know, there's trick shots and beer pong and all of that, but uh, I don't know, man. Beer pong that I've always seen, it's been pretty much the same. I just never played it until the army. You ever see the movie Beer Fest? Yes, I have seen that movie. How do they play beer pong in that movie? Uh, the same way that everybody else plays beer pong. They were playing it with ping pong paddles because the guy sinks it into his cup. The guy smashes his cup. The dude picks up the beer stein and drinks the broken glass cup. What do you got, Zyber? Um, I just want to say that shit that uh, you guys were talking about with the fucking slip and slide, that made me think to uh, extreme uh, flip cup where you have a baseball bat or a shaft or something. You turn around really fast, go down the slip and slide, go to the table, drink the cup, flip it, and keep on flipping it until it lands the proper way. And then the next person in your team takes over and does the same damn thing. And you do it until someone says quit. That's that's our other variation we like to do with the slip and slide. Next GNA get together, we're doing that. All you're gonna see is a bunch of old farts slipping, sliding down, and drinking a bunch of beer, flipping cups. Don't shake your head, D- Daymok. Once we get you drunk, you won't care. No, that's very true. I don't <laughs> give a fuck once I get drunk, but nah, dude, spinning around in circles, hitting a slip and slide, and then trying to play flip cup, man, like uh, those days are behind me, sadly. No, no, we'll get the Ghost Pros going, and unlike the Cards Against Humanity footage, this footage will actually see the light of day. You know, I beg to differ, Daymok. We get you drunk, you'll do just about anything. I mean, yes. I think we'll get you doing that. You won't even feel it in the morning, I promise. No, that's the problem. I will feel it in the morning, and then I'll be all shitty because we decided to get another keg of 120, so I'm super fucking hammered and hungover in the morning. Until you start drinking and you fix it. Uh, of course you're gonna feel the, the, like, drunkness in the morning, but you won't feel it. You're not getting what I'm saying. I mean, you won't feel all three of us. No. No. I mean, you will poop really well, though. Like, it'll just slide, it'll fall out of you. Oh, dude, I mean, that's like every day. You should see shit. I kind of want to take pictures of my shit. I snake it around the toilet all the way down. It looks like fucking soft serve ice cream that comes all the way up to the top. And then when I wipe and I put the toilet paper down, I'm worried because sometimes I feel something touching my butt cheeks and I realize it's the toilet paper stacked on top of the fucking soft serve I just did. It makes me, reminds me of me, myself, and Irene where he starts, where he grabs a guy's newspaper, walks over to the guy's lawn, drops trowel, and you just see him do the face and then you just see the next scene is somebody pouring soft serve. Oh, man. All right, next article we had was... Actually, I didn't get to read this article, but I'm inferring from the picture of the article is that Bubble Bobble is getting a new game. It is. I know the... Um, I saw something about that, that it's getting... Re- that it's going to actually be in the works, but the first thing I saw was that the creator of the Bubble Bobble wanted to create a third for the Switch, and now I think it's got the go-ahead. That's cool, because Bubble Bobble is fun. They're in uh, deliberation right now for uh, um, release and what it's going to be and everything. Man, the original Bubble Bobble I played was back on the Nintendo, and I loved that game. God, that game was silly fun. I still have it. Nice! Did you ever play Bubble Wild Uh, I did, 
And I'm colorblind, so fuck you guys. Colors didn't well, colors didn't matter depending on who you were, because you had to figure out who you were. But yeah, okay, I can see that being a pain in the ass. No, fuck you. All the goddamn bubbles are color-coded when you're trying to shoot them up there and knock all the other ones down, and I'm just like, son of a bitch, dude. I'm not matching any of these three colors. It's just like when I tried to play Zoop. Does anybody remember the game Zoop? Oh, that yeah. that was awesome. Except I'm colorblind, so fuck you guys. All right. All right. Fair enough. All I heard was fuck you guys, um, so fuck you, Daymok. Because I only caught half of that. I saw it in Technicolor, but I only caught half of it. All, 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 I, keep see, all, all I keep hearing is Cartman. Fuck you guys. I'm going home. No, kitty. Pa-pa-pa. Oh, come on. You guys are my ball. Stop pushing my ball, guy. You guys are butthead. Mom, keep being a deer, though. I'm sorry. You're playing color-coordinated games. I've never been able to play color-coordinated fucking games. What about columns? Bejeweled? Uh, <laughs> Motherfucker. Now, I've tried. I've tried so hard to play, like, Candy Crush and everything when it came out and everybody was addicted to it and you could, like, do the Friends thing. It's cool that they're different shapes, but when I hold the phone away from me a little bit and I try and just get a good glance at it, the color-coordinated shapes fuck with me. Why are all these goddamn games in grayscale? All right, all right, guys. I know guys. a CRT TV. We should I'm, get them for old school games. I'm super <laughs> like, serious about this. One. We should make a game called uh, Colors with Friends and dedicate it to Daymok. Oh, God. It'd probably but make it a should all be dollars. shades of gray. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would whoop your ass at that, dude. I see more than 50 shades of gray. I was going to say, will it be at least 50 <laughs> shades of gray? We'll call it 50 shades of Daymok. <laughs> All right, next article that we had there. Actually, this is a piece of hardware news. Um, did you see that Logitech is making, that they're calling it an impossibly thin gaming keyboard? Bullshit. Did you read the article? It was actually really interesting, the, the, the what they were pulling out. Uh, let's see. The article is about 30 sentences long, doesn't talk about shit, and maybe that's because I have an ad blocker, but I can scroll for days on the website and it's fucking empty. But no, it's garbage because that is not how a mechanical keyboard works. And if you want to talk mechanical keyboards, come talk to me. I will talk your fucking ear off. <laughs> well, it's a wireless keyboard and it, it actually measures at only 22 millimeters thick. That's that's 0.9 inches high, which I thought was really interesting for such a uh, for such a thin keyboard. However, it is super expensive. For, for such a uh, thin wireless keyboard. Now, for gaming keyboards, it's not that bad. But at $200, it, it seems like it's pretty heavy. Now, the thing that was interesting that I found interesting was the articulation on it. The articulation is actually super... Um, uh, what's the word that they use? I'm trying to find it here. Uh, fuck, I can't find it. But but the the way I'm describing it is like it was quick. You know, the the... The actual response time on it was super quick. Now that doesn't matter because the response times of wireless keyboards are actually improving quite a bit. They are really getting good. But if you're going to spend $200 on a fucking keyboard, which um, I'm 
running a $300 keyboard. Over there is a $250 keyboard. Zyber has a $200 keyboard. You're going to get Philco. You're going to get Ducky. You're going to get some good brand. They're going to come with Cherry MX switches. They're not going to come with an off-brand fucking garbage thing, especially what... Was it Razer released their own custom switches for their new thing? Fuck all that garbage. Those switches are not any good. Corsair is trying to develop their own switches, and they still do not compete with Cherry switches. But the patent of Cherry switches has been done for several years now, and that's why you're seeing all these new switches hit the market. And they're doing interesting things with them, but you're not beating a cherry as of yet. So they're not saying so that they're beating a cherry. They're just saying that they're comparable to a cherry. But did you did you look at the, did Actuation. you listen to the sample clip that they had of the sounds of the keys hitting? Uh, no, because I run a fucking ad blocker and I don't get all the goddamn garbage oh. from it. But I am reading the article and it says they're somewhat comparable to the speeds yeah. of a cherry mx red brown and blue and if well, you're using no, it doesn't a say goddamn, speed yes it does i'm reading the same sentence they would be somewhat comparable to a cherry mx red brown and blue which if you click on that little key switch thing it talks about the speed of things oh well i didn't click on that one i clicked on the, uh, the sample audio clicks later no but the, the sound of the keyboard actually doesn't sound as to me as obnoxious as some of like like for instance your keyboard is pretty obnoxious it's at times when it clicks oh yes absolutely so the keyboard I'm running right now are cherry MX browns and I like them because it's an overall gaming slash typing keyboard the uh, keyboard that I have back there is Cherry MX Browns as well. I have a Cherry MX keyboard that I pull all the keycaps off of because it got fucked up. And then I got Zyber Cherry MX Red. And it's fantastic, but you definitely will hear the click if you are bottoming out the keys, which you do not have to do with a mechanical keyboard. And I listened to their sample audio clips, and they are still bottoming out the mechanical switch that they have and then when you're bottoming out that's what leads to what they call finger fatigue which leads to carpal tunnel and repetitive motion syndrome no but i'm saying i listened to it and it doesn't sound nearly as obnoxious as other mechanical keyboards that i've heard specifically the duckies not to say that that's a good yeah. or bad thing i'm just saying that like even with them bottoming out the key the key, it doesn't it doesn't have that it doesn't have that obnoxious click that you get to it. But from everything I'm reading on it, they're saying that it's a pretty decent keyboard for what it's come out for. Right. It's still not meant for gaming at all. Um, it's trying to get into a niche market of the mechanical keyboards because they are becoming more and more popular. There's still not the old Torpor switches where it's the old IBM. It sounds like a damn typewriter when you're on it. And if you wanted to do what I did with mine um, to alleviate bottoming out the keys and that horrible click noise, then you buy O-rings for it. So now you say it's not a gaming keyboard, but that's how they're marketing it. And they're even saying that it's getting high praise for it. I just want to say, like, with these cherry reds, the key actuation is minimal. And it has improved uh, my overall... Uh, hand stress especially when i have these lovely opc handles 
uh, properly leveled to the keyboard so that my arm isn't at a odd angle. Um, so yeah, I would recommend these cherry uh, switches over many, many, many different types uh, because I've tried many types and yeah, I, I don't like pressing a key all the way in now to do like a single letter. I press a key now and if I hit it too much, I get like a billion of that key. So I, I learned how to type the old school way is where you arc your finger and you punch the key. So when I type, you know, almost everybody hears me because I'm typing the old typewriter way. And I, and I understand that that's a fault on me because you don't need to do that. Like even the keyboard that I have, I don't need to hit the key as hard as I do, but that's how I learn. So that's how I type. Well, look at, you know, how tall you are anyways. Your uh, key angle is really obtruse anyhow. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're you're so hard, you're towering over everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I look like a goblin tinkerer working on a computer. I'm really, really starting to question your, uh, question your sense of judgment because there is only one website that is giving any good reviews to this keyboard, and that's that Tom's Hardware fucking worthless website that gets paid by every advertiser to say, oh, oh my god, did you guys see this, like, super low-end graphics card that's absolutely amazing? It's beating out a 2080 Ti? I don't know what you guys are talking about. We should buy this. See, now, I don't see those articles. I, I only tend to see the articles that seem to make sense. But if you got links to... The I don't know what you're talking about. It's right there. I'm not a big fan of low-profile keyboards, but for those who are, these are compelling, albeit pricey, options. Our friends at Tom's Guide put the G915 through the ringer and said, quote-unquote, it's hard to imagine a better wireless gaming keyboard. High praise indeed. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Tom's Guide is bad. I'm just saying if you've got links to bad reviews on it, link them. All right, we'll do it after the show because I don't want to fuck everything up. <laughs> All right, next article we had going on was actually posted by you, Damoc, was about uh, one of the games that I fired up just before the show started, which is No Man's Sky. So No Man's Sky had a huge, huge update. In fact, I think, I think it was comparable to about three updates in one. And it came out this week. And I honestly, I, I've been meaning to get to it and I haven't had a chance to. And there's been some changes in No Man's Sky. Some, some good. Some I, I would want to say is, is bad, but that's just from my opinion. Um, but one of the big things, especially in the article, is the inventory was shifted out from 250 stacks to 10,000 stacks. So if you've ever played No Man's Sky, one of the, one of the huge, gripes especially from daymock was the 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 sheer volume of material that you have to use and the lack of ability to really gain material you'd always have to you'd be spending more of your time playing item manager than you were playing the game so they increased it looks like they increased the stacks from 250 to 10,000 is that right yeah 250 to 10,000 oh my god and i see that they're adding no man's sky vr to that too already added it's out Oh, I picked up a VR for my PS4. If you got No Man's Sky, guess what you get to do? Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
But just like Damoc's going to say, if he's if he doesn't say it here in a second, he should be playing Elite Dangerous. I'm going to leave it alone because I'm not sure if Elite Dangerous is on console yet or not. It's it on console. I, well, then, yeah, if you're going to get a VR headset and you want to be impressed by a space game, then you need to be playing Elite Dangerous hands down. But just like we discussed, you'd never get out of the damn spaceport. You would just sit there and look around and be like, this is amazing. That's true. It would be like when Elite Dangerous came out and it already had VR capabilities and everybody was like, hey, uh, what have you been doing for the last nine hours? And be like, you don't understand. I've been trying to dock this ship, but everything looks so amazing. I don't know how to dock the ship because I can't pay attention to the instructions. <laughs> Next, replacing Tom's hardware reviews is Damox Game Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. No, so they've done a, a huge amount of changes to No Man's Sky. Uh, one of the ones that I'm not a big fan of is they changed the visor up. So the visor used to be all you would do is turn it on, aim at something, and it would auto-scan it after a couple seconds. So they changed it so now that you've got a click... Now, I'm hoping there's a setting in there that I just haven't found that allows me to go back to the old way because, honestly, that's kind, of, that's kind of a pain in the ass because it's, it's not even like you can – you can't just hold down the mouse button and move and just, like, look around and it catch stuff. So you've got to really focus on something and then click on it. So I, I know that there's probably, you know, scanning birds and something like that and probably makes it easier, but – for a lot of the other things, it it's kind of makes it a bit of a pain in the ass because now you've got to sit there, focus on it. Oh, did I scan that? Oh, I'm going to click. Oh, well, that's not doing anything. Let me move on to the next thing. Um, and the only way to really figure it out is to sit there and hold over top of it for a second so it comes up with question marks. But still, that kind of slows me down. Expanded multiplayer. That's that's cool. Oh, yeah. Like 32 people now or something like that? Some stupid number? No, it was expanded to... Um, uh, 16 players. It was expanded to uh, 16 players on all platforms. Oh, okay. I thought it was 32 for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Um, throughout the rest of the universe, maximum player count has increased from 48 players on console and from 4 to 32 players on PC. Oh, there we go. Space Anomaly can hold 16 players on all platforms. I'm sorry. I was... Okay. A sentence up. Got all dyslexic there. It's all good. Yeah, so it looks like they've made a lot of, uh, as as Damoc stated so gracefully and accurately, quality of life improvements to the game, which is really cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I still give it to Hello Games every single time I read about an update that they've either done or that they're developing to come out. This game, you know, it's had its rocky starts, and it's taken a lot of flack, and Hello Games, all the way through it, have... You know, they've weeded through the piles of shit comments that have come out, found the things that really people... I mean, obviously, they found the things that people really want per Damoc. I think I think you described this as it hit all of your complaints or it hit, it hit a bunch of your complaints. Like, it was... What did um, you say? I... Now, I, I wanted to like the game. I was super hyped about it. And when it came out, I was sorely disappointed. I'm so glad I never pre-ordered it. It waited and waited and waited. I got it on a really good sale, and I bought it, and then I tried to play it. And it still had some major issues, in my opinion. And now, looking at this latest update that they have, I swear 
that Hello Games is listening to this podcast and listening to every gripe that I had about the game, and they have personally taken Damoc's opinion and decided, you know what, he's fucking right. These are what are screwing people over, and every single change on this major patch is all quality of life for me, which was every gripe, every gripe I've had about the game. Not one was not addressed in this new update. I'm very excited, and now I might really jump into it seriously. So that and that's my that's my whole point is that Hello Games have made their way to weed through all of the shit comments and find what the people actually want. And by the people, I mean Damoc. <laughs> I mean obviously. I mean there there's got to be more people than just Damoc complaining about these different things, but they're actually listening. And and that to me like Hello Games comes out with another game tomorrow, I'm probably going to pick it up simply on principle. Because they stand behind their shit. Honestly, all is for in my opinion, all is forgiven, and that crap in the beginning is forgotten. I mean, they have more than made it up. They have really worked their butts off. And everything that people felt slighted on, they have made right. Not, I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying from a neutral standpoint, everything that people felt they were slighted on, they have worked their asses off to completely regain the trust in everything else. So I, I think Hello Games has made has really learned a lot, and I, and I hope going forward they continue to be an awesome studio because, I mean, they were a new studio back when this whole fiasco started. Now, here's one thing that I think would have made it so Hello Games never saw any of the flack that they did. If when they released No Man's Sky, they put the words early access. If they had done that, I think nobody would have freaked out like they did because they would have went oh it's an early access game yep okay we can expect some weird things to happen oh we can expect everything not to be there and if they curbed the pr because a lot of the claims and people were flipping out on were never actually made by hello games but was kind of inferred by a lot of the gaming community and they just never stopped the pr the p yeah they never they failed to stop it the pr went out of control and people started developing a more grander bigger idea what the game was going to be than what Hello Game is meant to start off with. Um, so I think if they did a little bit better with the marketing, PR, and get control of some of that stuff, and, and set more realistic expectations, I think this wouldn't have been quite as you know bad by any margin. What do you got, Damoc? Now, I have a hard time with it, because at the time that No Man's Sky launched, the early access platform was still very shaky, and people were not really investing too heavily in early access games, and they wouldn't have gotten the income from all of the pre-orders and everything like that, so they had to release it a certain way. If Hello Games released another game tomorrow, or at least announced another game tomorrow, I would still be completely hesitant to pre-order, and I honestly wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Even though, even though I know from watching No Man's Sky develop, how well that they stand behind their games i still don't want a launch product that is still relatively unplayable overall i don't feel like in the beginning it was unplayable what do you got zyver i i i was gonna be uh the guy that says uh i'd still wait about two years before getting it because i did feel slighted about um two things when getting that game 
I uh, spent the money to get the like super deluxe ultra release of it, and I only got the basic release for you know the cost of the super ultra deluxe copy. And then playing it, I I only wanted to get it on launch to play with a certain person on this podcast, and it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. And then it became a uh, a dresser prop, which I accidentally broke my disc, anyways. So, oops. But yeah, hey, I'd, I'd wait two years. Z- Zyber, how, how does that how does that anus feel after that? Jeez, guy, you know, can dry dock a motherfucker. Why don't you? No, and I and I can agree. Like I, you've always heard me say, look, don't pre-order, don't pre-order, because if we continue pre-order, all we're doing is perpetuating this whole paradigm of them releasing shitty games at start. And and I'm fully aware of that. And there are very very few companies that I will give money to as a pre-order. One of those companies happens to be Square Enix, and the only reason that I will pre-order from Square Enix is because. Every time that they have released a game, every time, every single time that they have released a game that I want to buy, it has been on the level of exactly what I want. Although I must admit, though, I have not pre-ordered or reserved any copies of the new Final Fantasy VII, though. I haven't either. Nor I. But I would have been a whore for that right away, but simply because I don't know what my address is going to be in the near future. No, actually, I'm not ordering it, only because... Final Fantasy VII is a very, very... It's just like Final Fantasy IV. When they were talking about it being released on the DS, I didn't pre-order it. I waited a while, read some reviews, and then said, okay, I'm going to go out and get it because I like Final Fantasy IV. But the same thing's happening with Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII has got a very, very distinct place in my heart, and I don't want... I definitely don't want it to be stepped on, so I'm going to let it come out, see what people say, see what people think and then move from there. The only other thing I have on uh, the Final Fantasy VII uh, is that it's going to be in, what, chapters? And I'm a little hesitant to shell out that much money per chapter. Yeah. Which is what I said a few podcasts ago. Yeah, but I still haven't seen where they say it's going to be that much per chapter. Well, the chapter one, the first release, they have the price for the first release which is the first um, section of the game. but they ha- And that's at a price of a full game. They do have the prices all out. But they haven't specified whether when you buy into that, if you're going to get the entire release of game, or if it's going to be like what they're doing with Halo, where they're releasing it in segments and you're paying one price. Yeah, called episodes, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm not 100% sure. And, and I agree. It's a bit right, sketchy. And that's, that's why I'm hesitant. I agree. I agree completely. It's it, um, it, it's a bit sketchy, and um, I, I that's something else that's making me wait and see what's going to come out from it. But more so than that, I don't want to, like, I don't want to pre-order it and then get it, and then I feel compelled to play it, and then if it completely shits on my memory, then I'm going to hate it, and I don't know. Then I'll probably go back to playing Heavy Rain. So you have with the made violins a poor in the decision. background and uh, Cecil crying. Yeah. <laughs> so I am looking at it, and we will definitely find out more at E3. Um, but it is a sixty-dollar game up front, and from what Square Enix has said, according to TweakTown.com, 
that once you buy the $60 game, you get all chapters. It's just what they're going to reveal is what the release date is for the chapters. Yeah, and that was something that and, – and I've been reading a bunch of different stuff about that, whether it's going to be you pay one price and you get all the chapters or whether you're going to be paying per chapter. And until I hear it come directly from Square Enix's mouth, either a tweet, a broadcast, or something like that, all the stuff that I've been reading has been them interpreting what Square has said. Now, if you if you got a link to what Square said, I'm in. I'm I I may have missed it. I'm not saying that I'm like the authority. I definitely could have missed it. Same. If you've got, I want to yeah, know. If you've got a link on that, I definitely want to know because I want to make sure I want to be on the level. Because if it's one price for everything and that's confirmed, that may teeter me over to in. like pre-ordering. Yeah, it. that if that's the case, I might actually uh, do a do a lockdown pre-order on it because you know I'm a I'm a Final Fantasy whore, you got my money. It's Final Fantasy, I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah, but there there are few companies out there that I will pre-order from. As I said, Square Enix is one. CD Projekt Red is another company that I will throw money at every day of the week. We don't talk about CD Projekt Red. <laughs> if you're not throwing your fucking money at them right goddamn now, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Well, honestly, honestly, CD Projekt Red is a company that if you like the game that's coming out, I would say throw them money because the more money that they get, the is only the better that the game can possibly be. Um, well, I look at it like this: with CD Projekt Red, I've bought every game they've made in the line of Witchers from like you know day one in multiple versions and copies uh, between digital and disc. And multiple uh, systems between Xbox and PlayStation, so they got a pretty good uh, amount of money from me, and, and that's that's perfectly fine. And, and but I'm just saying, for me, from a personal standpoint, I'm not saying that everybody has to. I'm just saying that for me personally, there's a few companies right, that no, would. but Daymok is. Oh yeah, well, but like so, there's actually one company that has fallen off of that, which Bioware used to be a company that if they said they were making a game, I would pre-order it if I liked it. And Anthem was the game that actually was that tipping point because I saw that and I saw what they were promising and I said, no, there is something fishy here and I didn't pre-order that game. And I'm really glad that I didn't because of how that turned out. And Bioware has now actually, they've got a ways to go before I will turn around and say, yeah, I'm going to pre-order their game again. But again, this is all my opinion. I think Hello Games has has pulled themselves from the fire. And if they say that there's another game coming out, now granted, I'm hoping that they've learned from it. And if the next game that they come out with ends up burning me again, like No Man's Sky did at the beginning, eh, they'll probably lose my faith and I won't, I won't put them on that, that short list of companies I'd pre-order from. However, unless they use proper wording. However, if they came out tomorrow and they said, hey, we're making this game and it's a game that tickles my fancy. Like if they came out tomorrow and said, hey, we're making a game like Starflight 2, only it's going to be a billion times better. I mean, first off, I'd probably pass out from all the blood that would rush to my penis. But when I woke up, I would pre-order the shit out of that. Oh, fuck you, dude. You'd fuck the couch, then pre-order. 
Dude, like if I woke up and I was, well, like, what, what am I saying? If they said they were making Starflight 2 but better, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be, like that whole four-hour thing, <laughs> I'd be running on like 16 hours going, look, dude, no matter what I do, I beat this thing with a mallet. It's not going down. So I need you to give me a shot, suck some blood out of it. Hashtag priapism. <laughs> now, I wish um, I would throw money at one company, like say pre-orders, if it ever came back. From the dead. Okay. I loved working designs. Oh, God. What games did they make? Well, they weren't... They didn't actually make the games. What they did is they... uh, There was popular Japanese games, especially RPGs, that they would port over to the U.S. Think of the PlayStation special edition release of Lunar 1 and 2. Um, uh, there's, There's a host of other ones. Uh, I think the they did Alundra. the Sakura War games also. Yeah, it, it, they ported, they did like the uh, Grow Lancer on the PS2. They ported games over um, that were like Japanese, that like especially RPGs, that were really good, and they did fantastic packaging. Everything looked like a special edition. Um, so, Pretty much like what uh, Limited Run-ins is doing right now. For physical games, yeah. Except that's what uh, Working Designs did, but they were specialized in bringing some Japanese games that otherwise would never see a U.S. release over. Huh. So that's where, like, a lot of uh, some cool games on the TurboGrafx-16 that I have. Um, that's where some of the, you know, the cool, you know, like, also another one on the PlayStation that was a big, thick special edition was the Ark the Lad Collection. Uh, so a lot of those were all done by Working Designs. Not the initial, you know, make of the game, but the port over. You know, Thunder Force on the PlayStation, um, Mirage. Um. All right, well, we got to keep going because we got a couple of uh, we got a couple of extra a uh, couple of things left here. So one thing I want to touch on here was the nerd news. Blue Shark posted it was about Ninja. <laughs> so t- somehow Twitch managed to uh, managed <laughs> managed to broadcast porn on his channel. No. Did Did you read? Did you hear about this? Yeah, I read the articles on it, and it wasn't Twitch that broadcasted porn. No, no, it wasn't Twitch directly, but it was Twitch broadcasted a recommended viewer on his channel, and they happened to be broadcasting something that was a bit racy. I'm being kind. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) I'm being kind. So what? People got to see some TNA. Who cares? Get over it, folks. Come on. Well, Twitch has got a pretty strict kind of... You know, policy. Yeah, policy. I guess that's the best way to describe it. I was gonna. Yeah, but people can be on their stock ass naked, painting their bodies, and it's perfectly fine. Well, that's art. Yeah, exactly. Pipe down, Zyber. Don't ruin it for us. I'm <laughs> sorry. I can still finish with that. <laughs> exactly. Wait, don't wait, ruin wait, it. Wait. Where the fuck are the people that are painting on their goddamn bodies that are stock ass naked on Twitch? Because there are some hot Twitch girls. They're there. You got. You got to dig through. You can find. They're them. there. I, don't I follow watch one Twitch. specific uh, person. No. So the question came up: Is was this a? I don't want to say conspiracy, but was this a slight of somebody being pissed at Ninja and allowing this shit to go out on his old channel? No, not at all. Yeah, I personally don't think that it was. I think it was just a fuck up, or it was an epic prank. Ninja has not pulled the numbers to Mixer. Yes, he got several hundred thousand, which I was actually very impressed to see those numbers. But 17.1 million 
subscribers on Twitch did not equal 17.1 million subscribers over to Mixer. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. No, but I think this was an awesome epic prank. Hey, you know what? I'm a suggested channel. Let me just post porn to SMT. Now, now, see, if I... Okay, so uh, if I all of a sudden was was streaming and I got posted on Ninja's channel, the first thing I would do would be the dumbest shit I could think of. Like I'd moon 17.1 million people. Exactly. Like, there would be nipples <laughs> on stream. I, I would breastfeed a cat. Like, things would happen. I'm only kidding, but Cecil, yeah, he would do some strange shit. Dude, I would. I would do some... He'd, he'd be some Twilight Zone shit going on in that room. Shit would be floating around like a monkey and a cat, you know. He'd even make okie cookies. It, 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 there'd be, look, there'd be some weird shit going on. We're talking yellow submarine cartoon, like weird shit in the Dude, background. Dude, it's Guardians of the Galaxy 2, friggin'... Star-Lord figuring out that he has epic powers on that planet. I'm going to make some weird shit. Cecil, the Deadpool of Twitch. Oh, the next next article, actually, it uh, it hits me right in the feels, especially since I have a Loot Crate and I have an active subscription, but uh, Loot Crate is filing for bankruptcy. Man, you know. And, and people, you know, what's it's funny, I've, I've actually posted this. My fault. Well, I've posted the same article in a couple of other places, and I've gotten a range of responses from sarcasm to genuine, like, question mark over their head of, how is, how is this not a, an easy thing to do? But, uh, yeah, Loot Crate is, is, is filing for bankruptcy and they're looking for people to buy them, which, uh, man, it sucks because I really did enjoy. I, I, I have a Fallout Loot Crate. I had the Extreme Gamers Loot Crate for a while. I have the Fallout Loot Crate, and I'm a huge Fallout fan. And yes, I know 76. Hold on, Cecil. Hold on, Cecil. What did you do, Daymok? Come on. Explain that face. What did you do? It was fucking hilarious. I did nothing. Oh, no. You can't leave it there, man. Uh, well, I was at a gin. So I poured the gin in, I poured the tonic in, realized I needed to stir it with something, so I got my keys out. I have a bottle opener on my keys, and I decided <laughs> to use the bottle opener to stir my drink, and then I licked the bottle opener, and it tasted like metal, and not a good thing. So, um, fuck you in logic for giving me a free bottle opener that tastes like metal. So you're saying you needed more iron in your diet? I have enough iron! Oh, come on, that, that, that thing's made in China. It's not fucking full of iron, it's full of lead. Damn, I'm gonna be special. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, it says made in China on it. <laughs> <laughs> now this time, we the, next time he does the uh, retarded voice for one of our podcasts, we can't punish him anymore because it'll be real. <laughs> oh, poor Damoc. All right, sorry, Cecil. You can continue. Uh, I forgot what the fuck I was saying. I'm just going to move on to the next uh, next article. You said about loot boxes, loot crates. Yeah, just moving on to the next article. No, yeah. come on, man. Like I had loot crate when they first came out, and I had loot crate for three years, probably little, over three years, and I really enjoyed the shit that loot crate was putting out. And then they got kind of stingy, where they like, oh, if you want a T-shirt, because I was buying it for the T-shirts. I got a closet full of t-shirts just from loot crate and it was a really awesome thing i enjoy the t-shirts 
the little figurines were cool the extra little stuff that they had was awesome but i was getting it for the t-shirts and then they said oh you have to buy loot crate and then you have to pay for the t-shirts as a separate thing that's when i cancel my subscription it's really sad to see loot crate going downhill and now that they're filing for bankruptcy and they're going to be out of the game i'm sad to see him go but i kind of saw it coming several years ago when i canceled my subscription so one thing, yeah. one thing I have to say though about the t-shirts is that the t-shirts were actually a really high quality, and they were really nice t-shirts. They really were. I've always been intrigued by uh, the loot crate thing, but I never really committed. I danced around it, but ultimately I'd always just like x out of the browser. See, Loot Crate would get you because you would subscribe to it, and it's twenty dollars a month. And then you would forget to cancel your subscription because you really only that wanted that one box. And then, yeah, you got fucked. And then you got a couple boxes, and you're like, actually, this isn't so bad. And it's only twenty dollars a month. Plus, like a fucking good gaming shirt costs you twenty five bucks. So I felt like I was getting a pretty goddamn good deal on it. And then I got socks several times. I have a tie. I, well, actually, I think I have a couple ties. I got all those pins. I got comic books. I got Ready Player One as one of my Loot Crate items. And oh, that's nice. what turned me on to it. And I read the book, loved it. Got the audiobook, loved it. Got the audiobook narrated by Will Wheaton, loved it. Read the book again and loved it. Uh, the movie, unfortunately, is fucking awful. Don't even bother with it. But Fuck you. The books are great. The movie is fantastic. Eat my ass. No, no. Compared it's not. to the it's okay, exactly. compared to the book, no, it's not. It's not comparable to the book. But the movie is friggin' fantastic. But as somebody who has listened to or has read the book twice, listened to two audiobooks, and the one by Will Wheaton is by far fucking just absolutely amazing. Yeah. No, the movie was oh, Okay, nothing. okay, okay, okay. So if you have a choice between watching the movie and listening to it narrated by Will Wheaton, listen to the book. Absolutely. Will Wheaton, okay. I mean, you got me there. However, that movie was pretty friggin' good. I mean, yes, so, so what they had to deal with, like, comparatively, I thought they did a really good job. What do you got, D? I think we're all all missing a very... Very big opportunity here, the four of us. We could replace Loot Crate, make a GNA version, and just call it random shit from Cecil's house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, only problem is, after I got about three subscribers, I'd be tapped out in a month. I'm saying an actual business like where we'd actually send stuff, not literally from Cecil's house, but that would be the ongoing gag. No, we could. Yeah, no. we could. There's too many other replacement crates out there now if you look at it. Like, yeah, and eventually someone would get an actual box of shit from Cecil. Yeah, like there, it would actually be me sitting there, like stuffing my face with Chinese food just so I could take a dump in a box. That is not how Chinese food works, brother man. If you're eating Chinese food and you're taking a shit, god damn, you are a lucky motherfucker. I eat Chinese food and it's just like the South Park episode backs me up, and I have that one massive shit that I have to get stitches for. Oh no no! no. Oh, I, I, he, I eat it and he I makes rock what right is out. big as Sony Bono. You know, you get the seventy Curex or whatever. <laughs> that turn episode. Oh, Jesus. No, so I've been I've been looking into um I've been looking into Dungeon in a Box. Dungeon Crate looks a little bit I don't know it seems a bit sketchy to me, but I've been looking at Dungeon in a Box, especially since we've been firing up the GNA Misadventure League. 
thought it might be something to look yeah. into. So, but it's disappointing that they're going on that, that they're filed for bankruptcy. They're not necessarily under yet, but they filed for they're filing for bankruptcy, which sucks. Yeah, but you could always get the box for the wife, Dick in a Box. Mm-hmm. So the next article that came up, and this one made me laugh. I read it and I laughed and I read it and I laughed and I, I I'm reading it again and I'm snickering as I mute the mic. Some dude in California made his license plate null. That is a great fucking article. <laughs> Isn't it freaking awesome? Yes, that is an amazing article. I actually really enjoyed it. I just feel bad for the guy. So the dude made his license plate null, which if you're a friggin' geek, that is like spot on. That's what your license plate should be. However, he wanted his wife's license plate to be void so they could have null and void in the driveway. So the dude had null. So it turns out that every time there is a ticket that they can't assign to somebody, it gets assigned to null, which in computer language, in computer terms, is completely logical. There is no input, yes. so it gets assigned to null. This poor motherfucker <laughs> got every ticket that was assigned to null. So, and it, it really screwed him because what the first ticket he got was somebody scraped off, or he thought that somebody had scraped off the tags off of his license plate and used them, which is a very popular thing in California, which is why they teach you to sticker on top of sticker on top of sticker. So when somebody tries to scrape it, it, you know, it fucks it all up and they can't use it right. And if you look at California, I'm born in California, raised in California. When you look at it, everybody's tags got stickers yay far off, man. And it's just crazy because Uh, audio, audio, they can't see that. Yay far off is a, Uh, is a unit of measure. Yeah, like yay far off. I mean, like a, a quarter an inch to half an inch or so. It, it looks ridiculous for really old cars sometimes. But that's something that they teach you in California to do because people will go with a razor blade and scrape off your new stickers. So this dude got a invalid sticker from some traffic cam. And because California has traffic cams for everything, they can ticket you. Uh, they do that. He pays the fine. And as soon as he paid the fine, because his license plate was registered as null, he ended up with, like, almost $13,000 in null tickets because officers forgot to write the license plate to vehicles and everything. That fucking sucked for him, man, but it was funny as shit. Oh, God. I feel bad for the guy, but I, I will snicker every time I read that article. Now, he also fucked up the second time when he went to re-register his license plate. And you got to read the article. It's actually fantastic. He fucked up with... He didn't think anything of his license plate. He is a computer guy. And he just circumvented the si- the system and re-registered his license plate by using the, the registration code and blah, blah, blah. And that's when they had upgraded their license plate system and fucked it all over. I actually had to look up multiple articles on it because it was just too good. Yeah, this is, this is, a, this is, this is great. Yeah, if you haven't heard about this, God, look up, look up Null License Plate California, and you will find it. It's amazing. Uh, this next one actually was again by you, Damoc. Was the VPN industry is on the cusp of a major breakthrough? Breakthrough. Whoa, Dark Hollows hit me hard. Yes, it is. Um, 
It's a, it's a technology called WireGuard. Now, this article I didn't get to read. And that's that's my fault. I got busy today. And it was posted this morning and I didn't get a chance to read it. So that's my fault. Uh, but can you tell us about it, Damoc, just so people can understand what's going on? So WireGuard has been a concept and it has been introduced for several years. And people have not really paid that much attention to it. But it was all about increasing the speed over a VPN connection. It's, I mean, legitimately all about the speed of a VPN connection. NordVPN and somebody else picked it up and they've been using it and it has increased the VPN speed. Uh, the other, I have NordVPN because I got it for some deal on some fucking YouTube channel that I watched and was like, all right, I use Nord. Uh, it's fantastic and lately the speeds have been absolutely amazing because they have switched over and I mean... I don't know how many of you guys use VPN if you're working and stuff like that, but if they incorporate this, it's phenomenal speeds. It's all about making the VPN as close to your natural connection as possible. Which is really cool because VPN in general has always been notoriously sluggish. Even when you pay for high-end VPN services and you have high-end tunnels, still there's that, that overhead just chops away at your speed and performance so it's really nice to see that they're actually making advancements in vpn i mean i'm not saying that i do any of this and i'm not saying that i did any hold testing. on damoc hold on i just want to say only reason i'd want a vpn is watch my porn in a 4k no man you're looking at vpn the wrong way then you can watch porn in 4k on a fucking incognito window if you really wanted to especially Accurate. if you're going to choose firefox over chrome because as Chrome is doing more tracking and trying to get away from things, Firefox has introduced way more privacy spectrums. But if you are somebody like myself that decides I want to watch Netflix and I want to watch the UK version of Netflix so I can watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it's not on American Netflix, I jump on my NordVPN, I log into Netflix, I get to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and now I'm streaming at high quality with zero lag, whereas six plus months ago, if I tried to do it and I was trying to watch the end of season one, it has a lot of buffering. Now there's no buffering. It's doing fucking awesome. And they introduced a big Linux client to it. Linux, you uh, say? Uh, I didn't get to read up on uh, the article, but... For the increased speed, did they sacrifice any security at all that is known as of yet? No. Actually, they decided to do double encryption and do that as an even further standard. Now, that actually comes into which VPN service you use. I have Nord. You guys may or may not have a different VPN service if you use VPN. but I, know I have Null. Yeah, yeah, I have Nord. Nord uses double encryption. I'm still able to use my double encryption and do it. I'm still able to access everything at a high speed. It's actually a very interesting read if you're a VPN user and you want to get into that. I typically use Cisco because I don't really buy into uh, Well, I shouldn't say buy into. I don't usually pay for like my own private VPN, but I've used Cisco for different jobs and work and everything. 
Cisco is. I mean, Cisco depends on where you're going, what's your access point, who's providing it. If it's your work, well, then, I mean, that all depends on what your work uses for it. Is it outsourced? Yeah. Is it insourced? But that's a whole different yeah. story. That's a whole, yeah. I, I was just uh, curious to how they got that upage in speed without sacrificing, you know, the security. I suppose they probably streamlined the overhead somehow. Read the article. It will explain better than I could ever explain. Okay, cool. Or just look it up because it honestly is fantastic. And it's going to be a major leap forward in VPN technology for not only uh, government use and private corporations, but for a personal use. And I've really enjoyed it so far. Dude, it's 96 awesome. bucks for, for two up, years. That's, that's like nothing. No. Yeah, I'm looking at Nord right now. Yeah, but what you need to do is go on to a YouTuber's website that is offering a deal. I got a three-year deal for $3 a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's there right now. It's two ninety nine a month for $107. It's it's a three-year plan. I'm just looking at its two-year plan. Two-year plan is ninety five seventy five. Three years is $107. $2.99 yeah, and a month. They, and NordVPN, there's, I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube guys, but they had that and I got off there and I don't miss the hundred bucks, maybe less than a hundred bucks than I got for the plan. I'll just keep eating it. Even when it goes to full price, I'll keep eating it. I love the VPN. Yeah, I might have to look into this. Yeah, NordVPN. Check it out, guys. I will do. All right, next article that we have here under nerd news is <laughs> this one's actually kind of funny. So the Russo brothers reveal which X-Men would serve, would have survived Thanos's snap. Anybody get a chance to read this article? Unfortunately, no. Yes. No. Yes. I All did. Right, so Zybert don't answer. Who do you think survived? I would say Nightcrawler. So, so, yeah. so it turns out one X-Men would have survived and their reasoning behind it, I found hilarious. Wolverine would be the only one who survived Thanos' snap. And the reason behind it is because they said they wanted to see an, an, an irate Wolverine go after Thanos. That would be pretty fun. I, I read that and I said, that is the funniest shit I've ever heard. Because, I mean... Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can see Wolverine surviving, and I can't figure out why Wolverine would have survived it. But okay, I could see Wolverine surviving it, and I could see Wolverine like just literally charging at Thanos and just instantly being turned into like bread pudding. Yeah, I I, I would definitely see uh, Wolverine go back into a berserker feral state and just. Shred. Yeah, well, I mean, see, my, I could see him try. My response, though, made logical sense. Well, yeah, because he would have bamfed out of out of existence over into that other dimension, and then when he came back, he'd be like, "Oh shit, everybody's gone." Which is technically outside of our universe, so he wouldn't have been affected by that. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I was pretty clever. I thought I was clever. No, I agree. That was a very clever statement. The only other person, though, that I think would be like exempt from it would probably be like Domino. Oh, because of the luck You'd just be that lucky. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But Domino's not an X-Men. It is a probability. No, but like dealings with the X-Men a lot through uh, her her shit with Cable. Yeah, but she, but but th th this article was specifically about the X-Men surviving. Which one of the X-Men would survive? 
I know, but still, like, I consider them, like, you know, cheek-to-cheek kind of thing, so I looped it in. What villain would Thanos have to snap twice for, though? Kingpin. The Blob. (laughs) 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 Your mom was so fat, Thanos had to snap twice. I was avoiding a mom joke, but I was still pretty funny. Alrighty, um, do we have any questions before I forget those and have to drink another fucking fifth of Jim Beam? Yeah, dude, I saw the question thing highlight, so there's probably some questions, but not by me. Alright, uh, alright, so, let's kick into questions here. If you could influence a current game in production, what game would it be? Oh god. Now, when production, I mean, are, are, are you're not talking about development, you're, you're t- talking about actually full-on, they're producing it at the factory, or... While it's being, you know... You can influence the game as in you're there in the room, they're doing the storyboards, and you can say, yeah, I don't like that. Vampire Bloodlines 2. Final Fantasy VII, Square, don't fuck it up. The remake. I've got so many ideas for the Vampire the Masquerade game, and I hope I see at least one of them. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I was going to go with Cyberpunk, but... I really want to just be like, I want to be enveloped into that game. I just want them. I want to be told a story and just let myself go. I don't think I'm smart enough or creative enough to positively affect 2077. It looks too awesome for me to be a part of. Oh, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm creative enough to positively affect bloodlines too, but I want to influence that game if I can. Uh, I give you enough creativity for that. What about you, Damoc? Borderlands three can suck my dick. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Publishers. Fuck you, Gearbox. <laughs> Fuck you, everyone. I do not plan to play your game, purchase your game, especially after all the shit that you've been doing and pulling and copyright striking people off of YouTube and all of that goddamn shit. I didn't get a chance to post that in news, but it should have gotten news today. Fuck you guys. When Cyberpunk comes out, you better pray that you don't fucking release anywhere near when Cyberpunk's coming out because you're fucking done. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Actually, can 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 we also alter the question for what publishing company would we love to influence? I'd love to pop into EA and just start yanking off the floor your fucking loot boxes of microtransactions. No, leave <laughs> EA alone. Shit, you bitches. Leave them alone. Nah, they're gonna do something good and they're not gonna fuck it up. And if they fuck it up, then they're gonna have to deal with Daymok. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's publisher, I would go after Activision and just. I don't know that I'd want to say influence them, just walk in and kick every one of them square in the nuts. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for after... Uh, if it was a developer, I'd have to say uh, Square Enix. Oh, man. Yeah, see, the thing is, I'd be so... I'd be so nervous. Because, like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, rectify them, give me hot-ons all the time. Yeah, like, if I walked into their boardroom and they're like, hey, you get to influence and, and help develop this game, and we're going to go in the direction that you say, literally, the only thing that would happen is I would, again, get a hard-on that would suck all the blood from my brain, and I'd pass out in the middle of the room. Yeah, and then we end up a game that's all about Cecil for some reason. <laughs> Cecil Harvey all the way. You see, I'd probably be, like, the best, you know, employee ever. Because what I would do is I would pull a shit I saw from that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Well, what do you think? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be a, I'd bullshit my way through the whole fucking thing and take credit. <laughs> like an it's asshole. like Galaxy Quest. <laughs> we'll do that. Exactly. 
Oh, Jesus. Uh. All right. Next question. What is the greatest game system ever released and why? <laughs> PC. <laughs> and uh, because it's the Master Race, stupid. <laughs> what about you, <laughs> Cyberblood? What do you say? I got to agree. I mean, PC all the way. It it doesn't um, fail until it's out of date. And it, it doesn't really have that short of an out of date. God, I want to force you fuckers to play it back when you only had 640k of memory. You know what? Let's go back to 640k memory. I pulled out that old goddamn uh, desktop computer, and I can still play way more games. <sighs> There's nothing back- wrong. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the Laser Shoot Larry games we used to play, that dungeon game we used to play. Both of those games required extended memory of a meg or more. You could not play them on That's 640K. Okay, let's go back to the Bullfrog Studio days. Let's go back to the Westworld days. Fine. Let's go uh, all of those games required at least a meg of extended memory. A meg of extended memory uh-huh. for fucking bullfrog games. Uh-huh. You are fucking high, bro. Name a bullfrog game. Oregon Trail. Oregon. Okay, so Oregon Trail might not have. Okay, so you got me there. Um, okay, Carmen San Diego. Carmen San Diego absolutely required extended memory. No, it fucking it did absolutely not. Not did. The first, no, no. Where in the, the USA is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Nope. Both of them nope. required extended nope. memory, dude. Mommy, daddy, stop it! <laughs> The original absolutely did not, as it was a text-based game entirely. So, uh, Whoa, I got a what? dick that you can suck on. Hold on. Link that. Because the original Carmen San Diego, there was two of them. Where in the world was Carmen San Diego? And where in the USA was Carmen San Diego? So, which one are you talking and about? I th- thought the text-based one was remade as where in the world was Carmen San Diego. I thought they did a text-based and then did a full-on, you know, extended one. But I may be wrong. I thought they made two versions. I'm actually not going to go with the PC Master Race, and I actually have an answer that is console-based for this one. Since they said gaming system, I actually have a good answer for this one. Hit me. I actually would posit the NES. And the reason for the NES was it pretty much saved video games in the United States from the, uh, the big video game crash. Which, of course, since people got right back into console gaming, gave a lot of companies enough money to also produce some excellent PC games. So it really benefited everybody. Since most gaming almost died out after the crash, after the, you know, gaming crash help, you know, caused by the uh, constant overflow of shitty games on the Atari. I could, I could go for that. Yeah, there were a lot of shitty games that came out for the Atari. Like the, yeah, a lot of... Like, almost as much bloatware as came out for the Wii. That's how bad. Oh, I like the Wii. I like the, I like no, the there Wii. Was a lot more blo- there was a lot more bloatware on the uh, Atari. I mean, initially, there was a lot of killer games. I mean, classics people still play in the arcades today. But, yeah, uh, that crash almost ended, you know, almost just ended gaming as nothing more than a childhood fad, a temporary childhood fad in this country. So, I'm really glad that the... You know, Famicom in Japan really, you know, NES here really helped revive gaming. And it had such a large influence. Got a lot of uh, systems that you uh, you get a shovel with when you buy them. So, uh, Cecil, what computers had the extended memory again? 
What computers? A bunch of different computers had extended memory. I mean, IBM Blue okay. Chips had it. So, Tandy Sensations. Um, I mean, when I can play yeah, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, it came out in 1985 for Microsoft DOS as text-based, or Where in the U.S. is Carmen Sandiego, or USA is Carmen Sandiego, 1986, uh, it came out on DOS as a text-based game. Where in Europe is Carmen Sandiego, 1988, was also a text-based Carmen Sandiego game. Now, there are remakes of those games that yes, you would have had to do, but then the where in time is Carmen Sandiego 1989 definitely may have required, but I can't verify from the article I'm looking at. Um, and then in 1991, where in America's past is Carmen Sandiego? I could understand if you needed to do it because it was Commodore 64 and Apple II at the time. And then where in Space is Carmen San Diego was the one that would require extended video RAM in 1993. Tell us right, there's remakes. Well, I never said there wasn't remakes, but where where's the link saying that they were text based? Because all the stuff that I'm looking at for the 1985, which was released on the Apple II, oh God, I did it again. And MS DOS did it again. Videos. Oh my God, his Venom question all over again. No, no, the Venom question I got totally like I literally got got I I, I got triggered on. Yeah, fuck you, because that was totally fucking awesome, guys, <laughs> by the way. like that Maybe was this so is like the Mandela effect totally going on right triggered. here. Maybe there's two universes combining. I totally got triggered. I did. I, I, I like, shifted into fifth gear on that one, because I was totally, like, you could see, you could hear me tweaking out on that that, that question. No, but I'm, I'm looking at the 1985 right now, and I'm not seeing tech space anywhere. I'm seeing old school graphics, but... I mean, they're shitty, but they're old school graphics. Cecil was that meme where the kid has that bulging neck vein. And I remember playing Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego at my high school on the old Apple IIe computers that we had there. And it required extended memory on the Apple IIe. I remember playing text-based. Well, first. it was... There, yeah, there I remember was text. playing it in Miss Phillips' uh, classroom. Yeah. Well, I, it was Mr. McMorris that I remember. It was his computer lab. Thanks for enjoying the show. <laughs> no, so, uh, I so I'm, I'm okay with being wrong. Carmen San Diego and Mario Tight. So I'm okay with being wrong. Link where you've got a text-based version of it, because every version that I'm finding is the old school shitty graphics that I remember. And I remember playing it in, in 19, it wasn't 1985, it was 1987, it was in our computer lab. And I would sneak over there because I would play, I would play Voyage of the Mimi upstairs and then I would go down to the computer lab, sneak in. They'd let me sign in. Well, I, I say sneak in. They would let me sign in as not a seventh grade student. And I could sit down and play Where in the World was Carmen San Diego. Where in the World was Carmen San Diego on the Apple IIe that we had? Carmen San Diego, everybody. Sarman yeah, San Diego. San Diego. Game. That, that came out. Sarman San Diego. I disappear after killing your guest. <laughs> so there was. A deluxe version of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego Deluxe on CD-ROM, and it required extended graphics. When was that released? But the original, 19, it's 1985. Well, no, CD-ROMs weren't around then. Why is it? It's not showing me a date for that. No, no that was 92. That was 92 at the earliest. Yeah, so you're looking at Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego Deluxe got re-released on CD-ROM and adds digitized photographs from the National Geographic Society and music from the Smithsonian Folkways 
Each location contains three sources of clues, blah, blah, blah. But the one that came out, the originals, were on MS-DOS and they did not draw pretty pictures. They drew little pictures, but text-based pictures. And I did link it. And as much as I'm going to humiliate myself in front of everyone here and in front of the entire internet, my source is Wikipedia, but legitimately... It has the source for older games. So where does it say it was text-based? The original version of 1985. All the track Carmen tend to go down. Do we have more questions? Well, we do. No, but i got to figure this out. Where does it say it was text-based, though? It doesn't. It doesn't have to say it's text-based when they say the deluxe edition was the first one with pictures. Yes, it does! Because the old, the original version had like these really shitty pictures. Hold on. I'm going to find you a really shitty picture of it. Like that is 1985. Where ah, in the world is Carmen San Diego? Nope. That is the CD-ROM version of Carmen San Diego as displayed in Wikipedia directly as the deluxe edition that came out in the 90s. Where do you see that? Directly on the Wikipedia page. A screenshot from the game showing options as a player given location. Carmen San Diego's interface was designed as a graphical menu driven adventure game to remove the ambiguity of the previous text adventure okay. games. However, okay. however, the deluxe version of Where in the World with Carmen San Diego that came with pictures was on CD ROM, adds digitized photographs okay. later on. And all of that, all right. but it's still that a text-based game. I'll give okay. I'll give that to you. I, that it does say it right there. The ambiguity of the previous text adventure games. Okay, I'll give that to you. Then where in the world in Carmen San Diego quite possibly did not use extended memory? That's probably one of the only games. <laughs> no, you, you got me. Hey, I, I'm I hey, I'm I'm willing to admit I'm wrong, and you you've proven from what I can see, you've proven I'm wrong, and I'm willing to admit that. Victory is Damox. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, actually, do we do we go through everybody on what the best system was? Zyber said it. Damox said it. D said it. Did I say it? No. no. We're waiting on you. Honestly, I think the uh, the Super Nintendo. I really uh, and and I was teeter tottering between the Genesis and Super Nintendo, but there were a lot of games that came out for the Super Nintendo that I really think pioneered gaming in general. Um, a Link to the Past, Seventh Saga, a lot of the Final Fantasies that came out, Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy Chrono VI, Trigger. Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana. There, there were, there were just a lot of games that came out for the Super Nintendo that I really feel made made gaming history. Like, really, are I think where things jumped off. The Nintendo, I, I, I'm not knocking the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, the Famicom had had a lot to it um and there were a lot of great games but i think once we jumped over to the 16-bit era i think that's where things really took off and you saw just a lot of amazing games and i think personally i think that's where you saw the transition from arcade game to home console game start to blur a bit um the, yes, the game i think of agreed. specifically is mortal kombat where you play Mortal Kombat. No, well, well, the wrong game. Well, the reason I... S I was thinking more Neo Geo, but that's just Well, me. the reason I say that is because the Mortal Kombat game that was out in arcades looked good, felt good, but the Super Nintendo version of that game, when you played it, and especially like Mortal Kombat 2, when you started playing that on Super Nintendo, 
hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a bias here. We're talking to a motherfucker that would play that game with his feet. That's not even fair. Just because I was good at it doesn't mean that I'm biased to it. I'm just pointing out that there was this blurring of the lines in that Super Nintendo era that really started to blur those lines and the mixture of arcade to home console. It started actually becoming more realistic versus in the Nintendo era where you would have arcade games that looked significantly better than what you could get on home console. I think once Super Nintendo came out, you really had those home console games start to catch up with what you could get in arcades. And the reason I'm using arcades is because arcades at the time really were the staple point of of gaming at the time, you know, of, of where you could really find, you know, uh, I don't want to say sophisticated. Serious variety. Yeah, variety. I don't want to say sophisticated games, but you could find a lot more higher-end games, I guess is what I'm saying. The technology was more powerful in the arcade. Category. Yes, I'll I'll give you the Super Nintendo, but you you really really hurt my feelings over here, man. Like there are three games on the Super Nintendo now. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair. I, to be fair. Oh, D, you fucked it up, man. But I already said it. Oh, okay, but to, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say it again. The Yoshi Mario. Was phenomenal. Oh yeah, on Super Nintendo, the you mean Super Mario World. Maybe it was I. I never owned a Super NES. I only owned an original NES. I was never, unfortunately, wealthy enough to have a Super NES. Uh, then Donkey Kong Country. Oh yeah, was amazing. But the best game that came out that looked amazing, and I got my grandmother. To like rent the Super Nintendo and the one game from Blockbuster at the time, Supreme Victory. Killer Perfect. Instinct. Yes. Oh, dude, I not only have it boxed, I still have the soundtrack that came with the Super NES. Version. Yeah, the best part about that is that that soundtrack is like all disco music. It's, it's awesome. all disco it's music, and it's fantastic. It's it's fucking catchy. Uh, yeah, so I can absolutely agree with you, Cecil, on the Super Nintendo. I remember uh, later on, like probably late 90s, uh, there were quite a few uh, techno and rave artists using that disc in their mixes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Nah. I just, I, I would agree that the Super Nintendo by far was amazing through what it was, and it really brought the arcade graphics to your home TV as shitty as it was when you had to turn the dial to channel three, make sure it was all good to go. And I mean, you had a lot of fun with it, but as soon as you enter the nineties, it's BC all the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. PC did, did start taking off. Uh, and, and I can agree. PC was dude. And you're talking to a guy who grew up on PC games, space quest. I mean, all the Sierra games, I played Descent, Doom, Wolfenstein, all the, you know, Commander Keen, Duke Nukem. I played them all. And I agree. PC definitely was was a, was a hard, hard hitter. But when it comes to gaming, though, at the SNES, it really started to take off. I mean, even like while consoles were taking off, PC still had games like MechWarrior, Seventh Guest, um, the 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 later King's Quest like four, five, and six, 
you know, they, they were all fantastic games. Uh, Phantasmagoria, God, that that game was fucking weird. Um, but any anywho, well, I already said it. I won't, I won't beat a dead horse here. Uh, all right, next question. Is there a console, handheld, or PC game that you wish you still had? Holy shit. We don't have enough time to name all those games. Just Fuck. one. Somebody else go. Well, me, um, I brought it back after first purchasing it because it hurt my eyes, but I had an in-the-box, you know, vir- uh, Virtual Boy, and I wish I had it simply for the collecting factor and the cool novelty factor. I mean, it really, no matter how I adjusted it, it hurt my eyes, so I brought it back, but I really wish I kept it because it's such a, you know, centerpiece in so many people's collections now. What about you, Zyber? Uh, I would say the copy of, uh, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but uh, Raiden for uh, Neo. Okay. Any story behind that or just? No, it was the only game that I had for the system when I had it in Canada. And I love that game in general. Every time that we'd go to like a pizza joint or something, there was Raiden. I guess it stems back to like loving all those uh, like 1942 style games. All right. But yeah, I, I love those kind of games. Oh, those shmups, shmups are awesome. What about you, Damoc? So I had a Sega Genesis for all of three weeks, and I miss Rumble Fumble Football. Yes! That was God, that one. was so much fun. Yeah, mine actually... Uh, Christ, story time with Cecil, I guess. So... I used to I used to rent Final Fantasy 2, which is Final Fantasy 4, as most people know. Uh, I used to rent Final Fantasy 2 from a, a gaming... It was actually the, the Salem Tractor Supply. And they had games there, which is the weirdest thing in the world. Can confirm. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing in the world. They had games there. It was, it was you know, a bunch of tractor... Like, you know, you had feed, you had John Deere tractors, and then you had a wall of video games. And that was it. Like, it was just the weirdest thing in the world. But I used to rent Final Fantasy II from there all the time. And I and I rented it every weekend for probably, I don't know, six months straight. I beat it at least three or four times in that time. Did everything you possibly could do in that game. So when I heard that there was a Final Fantasy III being released from an EGM that I read... And the only reason I read it is because the guy at Babbage's said, hey, if you like Final Fantasy, you should read this. And I picked up the magazine, I read it, and it had Final Fantasy III being released coming up soon. Uh, And so it was being released after Christmas. It was being released in like January or something like that or, or... Or maybe it was... Maybe it was in December. I can't... I honestly can't remember. But I remember that my dad wrote down on a box that looked like it looked like it was clothes. So when I opened it up, it was just this box with a bunch of writing on it. And he was trying to be, you know, he was trying to be quippy, but he said, you know, everybody has a final fantasy and you do two with the number two. And then he said, so when it's released, you'll have final fantasy and then two. And I said, and I, and, and I felt bad at the time. Cause I said, well, I've already played final fantasy two final fantasy three is coming out. And he went, Oh, no problem there. And he just wrote down three, you know, another extra Roman numeral on there. And I went, oh, well, that was easy enough. So my dad actually went out and bought Final Fantasy 3 because I had showed so much interest in it and I played the hell out of Final Fantasy 2. 
and I don't have that Final Fantasy III cartridge anymore. Uh, and even if I went out and I bought a new one, it still wouldn't be the same because it was that cartridge. Yeah, it was that cartridge. Uh, so I wish I still had that cartridge. So if your dad went out and bought the game again for you and gave yes. it to you, would that bring back yeah, the sentimental? That would be that would be perfectly acceptable. Um, the only <laughs> the only other game that I could possibly think of is Blood Omen One, the original Blood Omen Legacy of Cain. Which you're the one that introduced me to that series as well, Cecil. And I I've loved that series ever since. They've they've always had my money and they will always get my money. If they said they were releasing another Legacy of Cain, either Soul Reason Soul Reaver or Blood Omen, I would I would fucking cream my pants and then put down money. Fae Victus. Yeah. So those are the I know I know I kind of cheated and I said two there, but uh, yeah. Anyway, well, on that note, Zyber, where could Damoc? Oh, what? Did you have a game? game. Yeah, you did. Rumble Fumble Football. I believe that's what it was called on the Genesis. They had a hockey game. I never played it, but that football game. God, as long as it wasn't, I, I, you know, I love Mutant League. Uh, Blades of Steel. Ooh, Blades of Steel. You guys remember Mutant League? Yes, yes. Mutant League. No, football. that's what it was. It was Mutant League football. God, Mutant right League. where you could like shove the dynamite in the football and do a rumble fumble yes! and all of that. Yes, and then you like the football field yes. had the the craters in it. Yes, I had a Genesis for like I'm saying it was three or four weeks, man. And that's all I had it for until it got completely smashed. But my buddy had that game. And I wish that I had kept it. Mutant League football, man. Such a great game. God, Mutant League hockey was great, too. And uh, you can find me at uh, um, Zyber Games, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as well as uh, the GNA, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. Um, Yeah, but for the other stuff, uh, it's just Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. And ten to one, you're gonna find me. Nice. Where can people find you at D? People can find me on my website, microbrewgamers with a Z instead of an S dot com. I've been updating that more frequently with uh, articles now. You can also find me on YouTube, microbrewgamers, uh, Twitter, Twitch, um, Instagram. Uh, I've got my own Discord at microbrewgamers, but I'm usually on the GNA podcast one most. Nice. Where can people find you, Damoc? As of right now, I just trolled the shit out of the GNA podcast, and uh, even Cecil fell for it. So, yeah, just join the podcast. I did. Uh, thing, and it'd be great, man. Join Discord. Fuck with it. It'd be great. Nice. And I am Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter. I'm This man, this thing's hit me fucking hard. Uh, Cecil Xavier everywhere else. Ustream, Twitch, Mixer, uh, Facebook. Pretty much everywhere else you can think of, that's where you can find me. Uh, Cecil Xavier. Super easy to find. So we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let people know. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addicts, Player FM, Speaker, Stitcher, your listen, why did I say my tuner, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, all those places. If we're not someplace, let us know. We'll upload there. 
You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search at GNA Podcast, all one word. You can join the Discord chat, see the pinned tweet, or find out on the website, which you'll hear in a second. We have Game Show Night, first Saturday of every month on Mixer.com, www.mixer.com forward slash GNA Podcast. Join us there. We give away free Steam codes for any winner of any game that we play during that time. We partnered with Humble Bundle. Oh, I can't believe I want to do this, but hey, Damoc, can you tell us about Humble Bundle? Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service that we, not quite me, but we, GNA, are partnered with. You purchase games like you would normally, but with a twist. You choose what part goes to the publisher or to Humble Bundle or to the most important part of all. You choose if it can go to a charity. Now, you don't get a charity of your choosing, but you still get a good choice of charities in there, so fucking get your ass in there and buy the goddamn games. You can give it all to charity if you want, which is what you should absolutely fucking do, because fuck you, we don't want your goddamn money, or I want your money, but the rest of GNA doesn't want your money, but whatever, your call. Throw that question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of your Humble Bundle link before you buy to let them know that we sent you. So far this month, we have raised $3.75. Hopefully, all for fucking charity, and it's probably one of us. But, you never know. It could be fucking you, and that's what goddamn matters. And, we have a great time. Buy games, buy Humble Bundle, don't give money to anybody except for Daymok. <laughs> Daymok, don't abuse the hearing. Poor Zyber only gets one side. He can't See, moving, but I can't hear anything. Are you guys uh, on mute? I think he is on mute. It's okay, though. Let's move on. Um, so do you like anime? We like anime. Join us every Sunday night at 1930... E- or, sorry, not shit, not that Sunday. Every Wednesday. I gotta change that. I keep fucking that up. Uh, every Wednesday night, 1930 Eastern Standard Time for Anime Night, hosted by... Well, shit, it's been hosted by me lately. But Blue Shark's been, uh, been the guy who's supposed to be doing it. We've been going on CastGG. Uh, we post the link out in Discord, as well as you can get it just by searching GNA Podcasts on CastGG. Our current anime is... Shit, what are we watching? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I think we're episode 20-ish. Shit, I forgot. I'll look it up later. But anyways, if you like anime, join us every Wednesday night. We want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new logo and artwork. Check him out at morganbs.com. Email us at gnapodcast at one with question, comment, death threats. We don't care. We've got a new shop opened up at Teesprings or Tea, whatever. I don't fucking know. There's, there's a link out of somewhere. It's probably on the website, too. I'm drunk. Don't, don't blame me. Oh, that website, though, you can find us at www. <laughs> Lucoria, you really have to try this Plymouth gin because I'm not a huge gin fan like you are, but so far this has been the smoothest I've ever had and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've gone through almost half a bottle uh, during this and you really, really should try it, man. I know you're a, sa- a Bombay Sapphire person, but definitely try the Plymouth gin. And uh, if you don't like it, let me know.com or you can go to gnapodcast.com. 
for uh, all your other fucking needs. <laughs> I'd also like to say thank you to everybody that showed out to this past uh, horror movie night. That was awesome turnout. Very much appreciate it. Every second Saturday of the month, you could join us as well. What Zyber said. Thank you for the assist. And gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night. Victory is Damox! May Victus! You tried DNA mind trick last week. Not work again. What do you think you are? Some kind of alcoholic. <laughs>